Welcome to House of Hoops, episode 48. It's Monday night. It's January 11th, 2021. I'm Jeff Hausman. Thank you for listening. On the show, we've got Laddie here on the phone. Laddie, are you there? We lost him. You gotta add him back. Shit. Well, Bo's here. Hey, Bo. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we'll get Laddie back in, I guess, after we finish with this song. This week, we're going to cover our pick game. It was Phoenix versus Indiana. We're going to do a little league evaluation. Where are we at right now? And much, much more. If you're into social media, we're on Twitter. It's at House of Hoops, H-A-U-S of Hoops. We're also on Instagram, at House of Hoops Podcast. If you have a phone and you like calling people and leaving messages, you can call us at 901-300-6575. Let's talk some hoops. for Letty. Bo, how you been? I've been pretty good. How about you? Doing well, my friend. I mean, that's kind of a lie. I'm okay. <laughs> Just the world's got me down, my friend. Yeah, what's going on? What's what's got you down? Just everything? Yeah. I can't really pinpoint it on one thing. I mean, it's been a crazy week from Capitol Hill to COVID in the NBA to people still trying to get by week to week and exist in a high stress world. Yeah. It's it's been a weird week for sure. 
my mental stability is being tested. I was ready for the events that took place in DC. I, I kind of knew it was going to go down. I didn't quite know exactly what would happen, but I knew those idiots were going to go down there and do something. So I, I was, I was not at all taken aback or surprised by what happened. I was mentally prepared for it. Yeah. I mean, that's just a blimp on the radar, man. It's everyday life. That's getting to me, man. It's the COVID protocols. It's, adults refusing to wear masks and my job now entails the imposement i don't know if that's the right word forcing grown adults to comply with covid restriction rules and mask wearing and there's people out there that still just refuse to do it and if it comes down to our business getting shut down or you eating dinner without a mask, running around the building and shit. I mean, it's going to be us staying open. It's a tough spot. It's a spot that nobody in a, that knows anything about working in a restaurant doesn't want to be in where you're battling against a customer. I mean, we've got rules we have to follow. If you know anything about hospitality or working in a restaurant, you do whatever you can for these customers. Uh, they, you have to have them. The point is to be nice and make them feel comfortable, not to be like, like battling with the same people over and over and over about mask usage. And it's, it's a tough spot. I feel like I should probably be being paid by the health department for all the shit that I've had to eat and go through on a daily basis just to be able to get a paycheck and work a job. It's kind of crazy. That's brutal. I can't imagine how taxing that is. It's fucking ridiculous. And it's every day. Let's put a pin in this for a second and get Laddie in. Yay. Laddie, we lost you in the intro, but you're here. So welcome back. Yes. How are yes. you? How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. Good. How's your week been? Uh, pretty good. Just kind of uh, just working around and working, working. Been a little hectic, but it's all right. It's yeah. fine. You are working in a restaurant now. How much do you have to deal with mask wearing where you work? Like uh, oh, customer I mean, wise. 100% oh, customer-wise, uh, like when they get into the restaurant, they have to wear it. And then when they sit at their table, they're allowed to take it off. How much? Like they have to get up and go to, go to the bathroom or whatever, get up, they have to put it back on. Right. So that's the protocol. If you're not, if your butt's not in a seat, a mask should be on. Right. I'm sure you guys have signs on your front doors. Um, mm -hmm. Signs all around the restaurant, probably. Mm -hmm. How much pushback? are you getting from customers? I don't know about that, to be honest with you. So that's not really in your, in your job description. Like you don't, yeah. you don't deal with that. No, I don't deal with that. No. Uh -uh. Have you noticed a lot of pushback? What have you seen or heard around your business? I mean, I think some people maybe say something a bit about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if they don't want to, they don't want to wear it. But like they, you know, reinforce being like, hey, dude, you have to wear your mask, <laughs> you know, and some people are like, well, I'm just sitting down over here, mm -hmm. whatever the situation is, you know, really haven't had a lot. 
Okay. Not a lot of trouble with it. Right. Okay. It's become a major issue in my fucking life, and I'm so sick of it. Really? Why is that? There's just people that are refusing to comply, and it's it's every day. And it's like, hey, I already told you. And then it's continuous refusal to comply by customers. And it's like, you know as well as I do in a restaurant, like, you need those customers. You're not trying to get into a debate or an argument with a customer, especially over wearing a mask. Right. You don't want to do that ever. And it goes against everything you're supposed to do working in a restaurant to have to, like, if somebody's refusing to comply, I mean, at a certain point, you got to tell them to leave. Yeah, for sure. And that's, like, the worst thing you can do. It's crazy. At the same time, it might be the best thing you can do. Yeah. I agree. Where do you draw the line? And and how far does it escalate? Once you do tell them that they got to leave, I mean, that can turn into a total fucking shit show. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't get paid the money to do that. So yeah, y'all can stay. What's that? I was going to say the health department's not paying me either. No, no. I get it. People are upset and people want to not do, not comply and stuff like that. But I mean, you know, it, it, if you're not going to comply, then you're not going to get what you want it, it, right now. Yeah. I just wear my mask because I want to see live music. <laughs> huh. The job that I started is not the job that I have today. <laughs> yeah, but the world you lived in 15 years ago isn't the same world you live in today. Yeah, it's just tough. I don't really know where I'm going with this. It's just been a mentally taxing week this week for sure. Just too much shit going on, man. And then you've got cold, rainy, trying to snow weather, Grizzlies losses. It's all just mounting up. Grizzlies won two in a row. Grizzlies won. They won tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Against the Cavs. Good. The Cavs are, uh, from what I understand, a very good defensive team this season so far. I got Drummond. I I, mean, I know he's not necessarily the poster boy for defense, but he's a big body and gets rebounds. Mm-hmm. He's a decently smart player. And then Bickerstaff, as we know, is a good coach. Those guys want to play hard for him. Mm-hmm. They're having good results. Big dudes like Bickerstaff. He's a good coach. Yeah. Well, are you your kids back in school yet? There's. Scheduled to start February 1st. Okay. So the two oldest will go back to second grade and kindergarten, and then I'll keep the the three-year-old home. All right. February 1st. couple weeks? Yeah. Three weeks? Two and a half? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good news. I think so. I'm a little anxious about it all, but, you know, if the kids wear their masks and behave and should be low risk relatively speaking i've talked to some folks in education and they're saying that it's not going to class that's a problem that's not what's spreading covid right it's hanging out after class at someone's house Mm -hmm. it's like me and my neighbors saying well our kids are in school together so now we can hang out it's extracurricular activities like you said what they're doing after school Maybe your kids are old enough to drive and they're driving with their friends after school and 
shit that all goes along with that, you know, being a teenager or whatever. Right. It ain't the actual going to school that's the issue with spreading the virus. So I'm happy to hear that your kids are going back to school. That's great news. Yeah. Yeah, Kate got her set her second round of the vaccine a couple days ago, so she's fully vac- vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So that's good. All right. I have not heard one word about how long or when, like when we're going to be vaccinated or anything. I've heard nothing. Uh, you probably won't hear anything for a while, but I'd imagine that you guys, after the old people, you're, you more or less, you'll be next. I think grocery store folks, and then they'll start doing, you guys will get it before, you know, people that are working from home or like people like me, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get it till like 2022 probably. Crazy. Uh, what other random stuff has been going on? Did you see Donald Trump has been permanently banned from Twitter? <laughs> yeah, it's I mean this whole sequence of events, the thing at the Capitol, like I, I not like I said earlier, I was not surprised by that. And then you know, him essentially encouraging like all the crazies to go to the Capitol. I mean, it was just, it's all, it's not a surprise. The funniest thing was everybody jumped ship to go to parlor and then Amazon <laughs> was hosting parlor and then just said, ah, no, you're not, mm-hmm. you're not, uh, I'm bringing that hate over here. Well, you're not following our terms of terms of service. Basically, you're not moderating your, your website. Okay. And you, you guys probably saw this, but first amendment protects free speech, but it, a private business can mm-hmm. basically say what what goes. The classic example was a wedding cake store did not want to do a wedding cake for uh, a gay couple. And apparently under the First Amendment, they have every right to do so. They're a private, private business. They can do that. Mm. And I, I remember reading that and saying, well, that's kind of, you know, more of, why do these people even care? Like, why, why even draw that line in the sand? That you know, it doesn't. They're just, they're just gay. Why, why do you? Well, but you know, that was apparently that's that's the law. You you can refuse service. Mm-hmm. And same goes for parlor. Just because you have the freedom of speech doesn't mean you have a platform, a guaranteed platform, to use it on. Right. Uh, I will tell you this. I did have a funny week in uh, uh, when it comes to social media. You know, y'all know I've been working on radio and stuff forever. But uh, <clears throat> I had one of my biggest posts <clears throat> or a post I, I put this week. It went viral all across the country. And basically on Facebook, I posted. And I said, things I learned today. It's harder to get into the Costco than the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> and. <laughs> I was on Facebook and I have 817 likes, 411 comments, but I have 9,500 shares. That's a high volume. That's huge. That's the biggest, the biggest share. Most shares I've ever had was 500. And that was off like some dumb little picture. But this is <laughs> 9,500. Almost, almost 10,000 people shared my, my Facebook post. That's, it's pretty good. I got, I got to brag on that for a minute, you know? Do you uh, follow it up with listen to more on House of Hoops? <laughs> listen, that's it. I should <laughs> I should edit it right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I thought I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, damn! And I did it the day that they went into the Capitol. 
literally that afternoon and I go to work and I was like, damn, I've got 77 shares. That's pretty good. Three <laughs> hours later, it's like, uh, it's at 2,600. Holy crap. And so basically I made like 9,500. So it's not bad. Well, it nice. works because it's true. <laughs> right. And that's all the comments. It's so funny because people are just like tagging their friends in it, whatever. And then they're all like, yeah, he ain't lying. I've been there. They asked for two IDs. <laughs> Uh, anybody else have anything they want to share about the week? No, it's just kind of a, a shit show week with everything going on. And then COVID continues to surge and just wreck, wreck everything. It's just, it's just, it's a mess. I agree. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy out there. Let's go ahead and uh, get into some NBA stuff. I guess we'll start with the news. I've got one, and then we, you guys can go ahead if you have any. I've got injury stuff. Thomas Bryant from the Wizards has a partially torn ACL in his left knee. It's reportedly out for this season. That is brutal for the Wizards. Bryant suffered his injury Saturday against Miami. I think it's a terrible blow to Washington. That guy is so good for them. He's their center. He's their hustle player, man. He grabs rebounds. He gets putbacks. He's a valuable piece of that organization. He's a young guy, too. It's it's mm-hmm. bummer to see him. He's like the hardworking guy. Uh, he'll be back. He'll make it through this. Uh, whether or not he has surgery or just does a rehab because it's like a partial tear, I imagine they'll do the surgery, but I think that's yet to be seen. Wizards head coach Scotty Brooks said, I just know one thing about TB. He's a great kid that works hard. He plays with passion. Gives you everything he has. To add insult to injury, Westbrook is down with a quad injury. Bradley Beal's been in and out of COVID protocol. He played tonight. He played tonight. He balled out, apparently, and they beat Phoenix, which I wasn't exactly too happy about having Phoenix and all of my parlays for tonight. Ooh. <laughs> I thought no way the Wizards had it, but I don't know what Phoenix is doing. They came out sluggish or something in this game. I didn't watch it, though. Westbrook also has a dislocated finger in his right hand. He's been playing with it, taped with uh, his ring finger and pinky fingers taped together. I don't know. I thought Washington was in trouble, but then they win tonight against Phoenix, so who fucking knows? One last injury I saw was Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's diagnosed with a fractured knee, and there's no timetable for return. So the Hawks are down that big free, one of their big free agent acquisitions. And Gallo, so I guess a couple. Did you guys see anything in the news general NBA news that sparked your interest? I mean, there's been a lot of games canceled or postponed, I should say. Yeah, all the COVID cancellations with Boston, they've canceled two of their games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a surprise. I guess it's just going to kind of happen. Right. It just makes – I'm telling you, it's going to make this season pretty good. I mean, what did you have the other day where the – uh Philly didn't have only but eight players to go out there and play, and Doc was talking about they should postpone the game, but they went ahead and played it anyway. Mm. 
I mean, I think I think you're going to see a lot more of that, and I think that you're going to see. Uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be a tighter race across the board. Like I was talking to Jeff earlier, is like, and you know, seven and three or eight and three is probably like the best record in the NBA, and then all of a sudden everyone's like five and six, seven and five, or you know, like four and five. They're all so tight, and I think a lot of it's going to do with the COVID. Mm-hmm. I guess they're right now kind of trying to figure it out. The NBA is, uh, they're having a meeting, I think it was today, to talk about modifying the league's health and safety protocols. I don't know if they're going to loosen it up or tighten it up, or I think they'd probably loosen it up so these guys can play more, but I don't know. They might have to extend the benches. It's There's no clear answer to what to do about about this issue of players sitting for contact tracing. When they finished the season last year in the bubble, you didn't have this problem. Right. They were in the bubble. Now it's free reign. So it's like, all right. I mean, look at the Dallas game. Dallas had to postpone today. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to fantasy basketball, I've got a lot of players for Dallas out. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. so I think you know, there's a lot of question marks all over the board because of it. Pat reminded me today that. They only made the first half of the schedule. So all these postponed games, they still have time to shift them into the second half of the season and, and schedule these postponed games. But I think this just keeps happening all season. Yeah, that's what I think. There's no clear like answer. I sent you guys that Rachel Nichols report, and she was talking about, well, I mean, if you add extra spots to the bench, you just have extra guys that can go out and have COVID contact. It's just like you're almost making a problem worse that way, having more people on the bench. So there's no clear answer. I mean, the G League stuff, allowing guys more guys to come up on two ways, that would help. But, I mean, if you wake up in the morning and you're missing players, I mean, how much time do you have? And then those G League players would potentially have to quarantine before they could play. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't help in the short term either. You know, right. when you got to go, 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 it's not going to help. There's no clear answer. And I think it's just going to be game postponements all season. And yeah, I think gonna, so too. It's going to be wacky and weird, man. <laughs> yeah, this fan in this fantasy season's, I mean, it's already looking just abysmal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does that mean there's going to be an asterisk this year? No. <laughs> no. But. It's fantasy, man. No asterisk on the on the fantasy championship, though. <laughs> you can put a mask yeah. on Stromile, this this trophy for the year. There you go. <laughs> Anything else in the news? Let's move on. What you got? I'm trying to think. There was one thing I wanted to hit, okay. but maybe we talked about it. I don't know. No. No, we didn't. No, it's not. Well, I, I know I'm lo- you lost told me my train. Not to go in. Hang on, he's he's talking to somebody. You told me you told me not to go on. What do you mean? It, it, it shut. You told me to shut it, right? No, I, I told you to leave it open. <laughs> well, I didn't touch it. Well, I, I didn't touch it, mom. I mean, I don't. Well, guess what? Well, hold on a second. Did you look? No, it, it's open. It's open. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's cool. I mean, it's it's all right. All right, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's fine. Yeah, I no, know it's all we, right. It's okay. We can we can leave that in. 
Yeah, man. Why not? I mean, might as well. Mom! <laughs> I told you not to bother me when I'm vacuuming my room. <laughs> I'm doing my podcast, Mom. Please. <laughs> this is important. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are we at? Yep. So Laddie's living back with his mom. There we go. That's, That's fantastic. That's a um, No, I don't think I have any other news, man. It's all COVID and the players talking about the MAGA people. Mm-hmm. They've got a point. Everybody that says, look at the differences and how the situation was handled is exactly right. Well, and then Belichick was supposed to go get the Medal of Freedom from Trump. And Belichick said, nah, nah, nah I'm going to pass. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he got out of that. Smart move. Except the Patriots owner um, is a big Trump guy. Robert Kraft. Yes, he is. There's no getting around that. Yeah. Oh, and Fultz tore his ACL. That's the other one. That's what it was. Ah, uh, yeah. Fultz. And Kyrie Irving is MIA. Is it Isaiah Thomas time in Orlando? Maybe. It's Cole Anthony time. Yeah, Cole Anthony. Man, I should have grabbed him off the waivers. But I didn't have anybody to drop. I would have had to drop Jingles. Well. Tough spot. So what's going on with this uh, college national football championship? Is that tonight? I have no clue. Uh, They're getting smoked. Alabama's up 52 to 24 to Ohio State. Well, if I can kiss all that Ohio State money, goodbye. Of course I took the It's just not even – well, it's just not fair at this point. Alabama is just so awesome. You know, they just kick the crap out of everybody. It's just not fair every year. They're just, they're all pros. Yeah, pretty much. It's crazy. I mean, I granted, you, you got it. You got to beat them to, to beat them, you know? So it seems like at this point, every other team's playing for second place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's, I made a bad bet. I, I don't know what I was thinking, taking somebody to beat Alabama. Let's move on with the hoops. Hey, I told you guys earlier this week that I wanted to do kind of a evaluation, a state of the league segment. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do that up front here. Obviously, there's a certain level of uncertainty with players missing left and right because of COVID contact tracing. But for the sake of discussion, let's try to take COVID out of the conversation. Instead of just saying, well, I mean, it all depends on COVID over and over. We'll just pretend it doesn't exist. So you can say a team, you know, oh, well, I mean, they'll be good if they don't have COVID issues. Fuck all that. I, well, I think, I think the cream will rise to the top, so to speak. Yeah. I think the good teams will sort it out. I think the, and that's kind of why they're doing the playing tournament. Mm-hmm. Also, because if you have a team that's, that's kind of benefited from having a healthy roster and some continuity. And then another team that hasn't benefited from that. And they're in the seven, eight, nine, ten play in range. Then you'll have a, you know, Memphis Portland situation where Portland is clearly the superior team. And then they, they make it to the playoffs and the Grizzlies don't. And as Grizzlies fans, we looked at that objectively, relatively speaking, and we were okay that we didn't, you know, Jaron Jackson was out at that point and mm-hmm. we're like, whatever. I don't want to, you know, there's no point. In, I mean, there's a point to going 
to see the Grizzlies get smoked by the Lakers in the first round, but also it was much more fun to have the Portland Trailblazers yeah. in the first round. So I feel like I feel like it'll sort itself out regardless of COVID. That's that's what I'm saying. I agree. But, but go ahead. Well, I know it's kind of early, but I'm interested to see what we think after another four weeks. This is week four in the NBA. So it's actually only been three weeks, and we're heading into week four. So I guess next time maybe we'll do it in week nine after it's been, if we do it again. We'll <laughs> I'm surprised that neither of you caught that. It's only actually been three weeks. Uh, well, <laughs> it's, this, year, this year has already <laughs> feels like it's been three weeks. Let's go with it anyway, though, okay? We'll just be a little bit ahead this time around. And next time we do an evaluation, I think we'll do it in week nine. If we even bother to do it, we'll see if it seems interesting at the time when it comes. I've got a few questions, so let's pull up the standings first and kind of peruse these standings a little bit. Our leaders are the Lakers, the Clippers. Um, Some of the surprising leaders in the league right now are Philly, Indiana, Orlando's up there pretty high. A would-be playoff team if they started today. Uh, some of the uh, teams that aren't doing as well as I thought, maybe Houston, Toronto. Brooklyn. Brooklyn's kind of, yeah, they've kind of been up against it with players missing a lot. They're hanging in there. But they're not in the top of the East where I would have suspected them to be. So mm-hmm. my first question is, do you think these standings are a good representation of what the standings will be at the end of the season, or do you think there will be a lot of jostling around? I think there'll be some jostling around. I think the Warriors will fall off in the West. <laughs> I think the Blazers will sort it out. And, you know, I think they'll be better. Nuggets, obviously, are not going to stay at 500. Mm-hmm. You'd think the Rockets would stay around 500 or a little bit better. And then the Pelicans, I think they'll still be decent. The Thunder will drop off. Yeah. I think it's early. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at the East standings, I think, I think the Hornets can, can kind of do what they're doing. I think, I think if oh, fuck Gordon Hayward, if he gets hurt, which he may, then, then it's the Hornets' wheels will fall completely off. Mm-hmm. And the Heat have only played eight games, they're at 500. I would think the Raptors are a 500 team at the worst. Right. They're way down at 2-7 and seven right now. I, I think the Pistons are who the Pistons are. The Pistons are 2-8 and eight in last place. And the Hawks are all beat up. I think the Knicks are overachieving at this point. And, I, you know, you'd like to think that Kyrie's going to figure his shit out and start playing basketball. And then Durant. Durant looked awesome when he was playing, so maybe this time off would be good for him. They'll come back. Uh, the Knicks is an interesting one to me. I think uh, Thibodeau is putting his stamp on that team as we as we're watching as it's as the season's going. It's it's he's playing R.J. Barrett like every minute of every game. He's doing that shit, and I think they just signed Taj Gibson too. I think they already had him. I can't remember, but that's one of Tibbs' guys. Yeah, so he's bringing back the – he's going to drive these guys. He's doing that Chicago thing again. Where he's he, had, like he's, he had Taj in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, he's going to play these guys. He's getting his 
guys he can rely on, guys he likes, and he's going to play the shit out of these guys, <laughs> like R.J. Barrett. <laughs> he's a tough guy. Like, hey, no room for soft playing or not wanting to play when you're playing with Tibbs. He's, he's going to play your ass. Yeah, Tosh was actually on the Knicks last year. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he was under contract. They, signed, that they may have waived him, and then they signed him back. I'm not sure. I just saw that he was getting signed. Laddie, you, you yeah, no, it was a team. It was a okay. team option this year, and they declined it, and then they signed him. Okay, gotcha. They weren't sure if they were going to need him. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they were getting off that big deal. Maybe it was a lot of money. Yeah, his 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 team option for this year would have been like ten million. So they did not pick that up, but then they signed him for. That looks like a minimum. Uh, this little money saver. Poor guy. I'm surprised he fucking signed back with them after they declined his option. Well, Tibbs is the coach, so he's like, yeah, he's coach. <laughs> he, they, they, those guys love each other. Laddie, got anything to say on uh, the representation of the standings? I think there's going to be some movement, but I think this is pretty much kind of the way it is. I mean, I think in the East, 7 through 11 is pretty much a tight race. A game separates those. So you'll see some movement there, but I, I just think that like... It is early, but I will note that from first to last place in the league is only five games behind. So right. a five, six, seven game winning streak and you could be from last to middle of the pack at this point. It's right. still very early. I don't think these standings are set at all. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of movement, but we will find out what teams are real and what teams aren't very soon within the next month, probably. I mean, I'm surprised with Brooklyn a little bit, but then, but I'm not because they haven't been playing Kyrie a lot and Durant all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to get back. So I, I figure they're, I see why they're where they're at. Washington, they thought Washington would maybe just be a little bit better with Westbrook and with Beal yeah. and all that, but. Nope, they've fallen off. They've only won three games. Toronto, same with Toronto. I don't think Toronto's going to get back, to be honest with you. I think they're going to stay there at the bottom. And they're going to, I think this is going to be a rebuilding year for them. You know, losing the players that they had last year and the year before, I think it's just they need to rebuild. Denver, I agree. Denver should move up. I mean, you got Denver and San Antonio tied at ninth. But then you have OKC right there at eighth at five and four. So I think that's going to move. I can see Golden State getting out of the top eight as well. I mean, they're just winning games because of Steph Curry goes off. If he doesn't go off, they lose them, you know. I was right about Phoenix, though. I said Phoenix is going to be someone to reckon with this year, and Phoenix, mm -hmm. they're right there in third. They're seven and four. I, I think, think they're just going to get better and better. I think we all agree with that one. Yeah. Phoenix uh, Houston, good. too. Yeah, I like Phoenix. Uh, Houston, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they, I mean, getting, you know, I get John Wall and all that and then Harden and all that whole situation. I, I just think that no one's on the same page there. I feel bad for that head coach, too, because on paper, they got a strong team, but they've won three out of eight games. Okay. So I don't know. I think, you know, hopefully they can get better. So if you had to list, let's say it's early. So let's say you have to pick two teams that are actually bad. And you know they're bad. Which two are they? Bo, you go first. I'd say the Pistons are bad. Pistons and Thunder. All right. I didn't even look at the standings 
and I just pulled out of my head which two teams I thought it was. It turns out they're both in the bottom of their conferences. It was mine were Detroit and Minnesota. How about you, Laddie? Minnesota's kind of bad. Houston's pretty bad as well. New Orleans, I don't know, man. I think they're all okay, I guess. But I don't know, man. They've they've lost three in a row and they've played nine games. So, so pick two that are, you think are actual bad teams. Uh, Detroit for sure. Detroit. I, I mean, Detroit and Minnesota for sure. All right. So all of them need, I mean, all of them need, they need a lot of work. Yeah, just you know, it's early in the season. Just let's pick two and kind of. Well, maybe next time we'll work our way up to four or five or six or whatever. <laughs> next question I had. Let's keep this fun, right? Who's uh? You could do a couple if you want. It doesn't matter. But who is overachieving? Where you didn't think they'd be as good as they are today. Uh, Laddie, why don't you go ahead first this time? Indiana, probably. Okay. Indiana, I didn't think there'd be. I don't think. They, I didn't think they'd be six and three. Like, I mean, they have a good squad. I didn't think they'd be six and three. I think they're overachieving, and I think uh, Charlotte's overachieving. Okay. For having, for having new new players on the squad, you know, for Charlotte, and then just sitting there, they got a rookie in in the Mellow Ball, and then they've got Gordon Haywood, you know, but just getting the chemistry and everything right on those teams, it seems like they're doing well beyond what I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the Charlotte um, pick. That's definitely one of mine. And then Oklahoma City too. They look like and they should fall off. <laughs> yeah, you're probably on to something there. I'll just go ahead and say my other one. It was Charlotte and the Spurs are five hundred. I did not see that coming. Spurs look good. Spurs are a sleeper. Everybody I I definitely counted them out. They're just cruising along under the radar. I uh I think they're overachieving. They look good. Oh, and yeah. you know what? I have a third one. The fucking Bulls. I feel like they're overachieving. Their record is four and seven, but they've won some big games. I, I like the Bulls. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it up or if they trail off. But I think they can win almost every game. They've lost a bunch of close games. I'll tell you that. Bo, how about you? Overachievers. I think the Thunder are an obvious one for me. The Magic at six and five, especially considering that they don't have Isaac, and then they've lost faults now. And yeah, the Pacers at six and three. There's the two seed, but it's early, and they're they're capable of being, you know, like a forty-five win team. So they're, I feel like the, you know, I think the Knicks, I think you know, you bring Thibodeau in to like find wins, and they've found wins. So I think. They'll be they'll probably drop off a little bit, but but really the Thunder and the Magic are my two okay. teams that I think are gonna fall off. All right. And for the sake of overs and unders, who is underachieving? And let's go ahead and throw the ra- I'm gonna throw the Raptors in the ring. And uh Houston. Anybody else? I agree with the Raptors and Houston for sure. I think the Nets, they haven't had their guys, so it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets, Washington, Nuggets, Nuggets at 500. Yeah, that's yeah. a little bit of an underachievement for them to be 500. So underachieving is obviously Toronto's one, and I think Washington is one in the Eastern Conference. 
on paper, Washington should be way better than what they are. Uh, I think Brooklyn will get back, so nothing really on them. Western Conference, Houston definitely, man. I mean, Houston should be winning some games. But then, of course, Denver and San Antonio both are at 500. And I think both those teams are, you know, top eight at least. They're definitely underachieving, especially San Antonio, you know. See, I looked at San San Antonio as an overachiever. I don't think there was much – I don't think people had high expectations for them this year. Yeah, but you know who San Antonio is? San Antonio reminds me of like Michigan State. You know, they they can come in there every year is like with, you know, three-star, three-and-a-half-star prospects. And next thing you know, like they'll go like three and five or two and six. The next thing you know, they're in the Elite Eight because Tom Izzo is a genius. You know, that's kind of the way I look at San Antonio to a point. They can go in there with decent players who kind of know names, but then they become names just because they play an pop system. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So that, that's kind of why I, I just kind of figured they're they're always in a conversation in at least the top five, and they're at nine right now. So I think that's kind of odd. Mm. Okay, I didn't have them. I I didn't look at that roster and say that's a playoff team at the beginning of the year. Mm. So I I feel like right, they're overachieving. Right. That's all good. The next question I have is who looks just flat out strong? Who looks dominant in the league right now to you? Well, like player or team? Team? Team. We're doing teams right now. Yeah. I was gonna say player, it's not DeAndre Ayton. We can get <laughs> we can we can get into that later. Well, it's I mean, let me that's a good question. To me, like it's Indy and it's the Lakers. They just well, Lakers, yeah, in Phoenix, those teams. Look I do strong. I do have a conspiracy theory about the Lakers. Okay, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist at, at all. Actually, I I do like to say silly things, and this is a silly thing. All right, but if it's going to happen to any team, it's going to happen to the Lakers. So I don't know how California is doing their vaccine distribution, but if you have a clinic, you have like you have vaccines delivered to you. You're supposed to then kind of do it on an honor system. That's how most states are doing them. Like, so you're going to vaccinate your physicians and then, mm-hmm. you, you know, then your nurses and the, the staff. So you have to keep the clinic running because you want a clinic operating because people need to go to the doctor for various screenings and checkups and surgeries and, you know, so on and so forth. So what if you have some, some doc who owns his own clinic, he's like calls all the shots in the clinic, which happens a lot. A lot of docs do that. What if he's a huge Lakers fan? He's super tight with Palinka. And he's like, hey guys, you know what? I have these uh, 15 mm-hmm. or actually 30 doses of vaccines. How about you uh, let me bring them to the facility and we'll just go ahead and uh, put them in your boy's arms? Go ahead and vax up. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't think that's happened. But there is, there is a world where LeBron James has a vac- has access to a vaccine. Yeah. In Atl- in Georgia, Atlanta, Hank Aaron just got a vaccine. He is older, given that. But I mean, they did that kind of as I wouldn't say publicity stunt, but as you know, vaccine awareness. So you could vaccinate, say, LeBron James for vaccine awareness. Right. Yeah, yeah you could vaccine Laddie for vaccine awareness. Laddie, yeah. you did have 9,000 shares on Facebook, so maybe it would be worth it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Adam Silver he, he, a memo he did. 
So every he did. franchise saying, "Let's we're not jumping the line, we're not skipping ahead." I mean, what would the consequences be if they did a second round pick? They lose the second round pick. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> or oh, if they I just did it low that. key, it's, don't tell anyone. <laughs> it would be socially irresponsible. But not if the guy skip, at the clinic the line. just. Well, you know, there's there's a loophole, and you could say he volunteered. Well, this vac this vaccine was going to go bad, and LeBron James just so happened to be right here, around so, there. I mean, so we went ahead and stuck it in his arm. Could you imagine the kind of blowback the league and those players would get for that shit? Yeah, but there'd be no way to know because if you, they're not going to go and I mean, like maybe there's going to be a vaccine audit, but the way this shit's going right now with. With the changing of administrations, I just mean the, people would be mad. The commander in chief being absent, there's just there's just no fucking no one's checking anything right now. We're just I don't know. a rudderless country. I think there's always eyes on everybody. You know, I don't think the NBA is going to jump anything. I think Adam Adam Silver is absolutely right. Like you know, we, we we tell you not to do this kind of stuff, and you're going out and doing it. Well, that's on you. You know, that's what I mean. Like the, 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 they're not going to, the NBA is not going to jump the line, but you have one, one guy who wants the Lakers to win the championship. And what's the ultimate edge this year is to get, you know, essentially 30 vaccines into the player's arms, which is not that hard to do if you own a clinic. Right. That's all I'm saying. Right. No, no, no. I, I agree. Like, I mean, I, I, that's, that's obviously shady as hell. And I don't think they'd want that, but I could, I could possibly see that happening, you know? Yeah, that's just, you, just I, 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 I can see it happening being to silly. a point. Derailing yeah. Jeff's segment, sorry. No, well, not. no, if you... <laughs> it's a logical, if you, if, logical conspiracy theory. But but I mean, that's, the whole, that's the whole point, though. I mean, that was, that was the whole point of them even doing this, even setting the whole schedule up to where it is now. We're going to do everything possible so your players do not get COVID. We're going to, you know, play play a team twice, you know, at their place or whatever, go back-to-back games or whatever, or day apart. You know, we're going to do X, Y, Z, less travel, less this, less that. And we're going to do everything we need to do. But the problem is, is that these idiots, they want to go to the strip clubs and they want to go out with their friends and hang out afterwards. And that's what's causing the problem. The best thing was the bubble and it showed that it can work. So if you just bring X amount of teams down there and you have your season in there, you're going to have basically less cases or possibly no cases. And then you don't have to worry about players missing or doc Rivers saying he's only out got eight guys to play the game and you know i mean it so right now i just kind of think if the players are getting it it's all up on themselves and i think it's up to the organizations to actually make sure that their players are running protocol and they're running a protocol to where they're all safe yeah that's, that's exactly right um i was just looking at these standings Points per game. This is an interesting thing that I saw here. The Milwaukee Bucks are first in points per game at 121.9. In second place is the Washington Wizards at 120.5. And yet the Wizards are three and eight and the Bucks are seven and four. The Bucks are like a top five team. The Wizards are like a bottom five team. That's the difference between defense right there. The Bucks are allowing 110 points per game, and the Wizards are allowing more than they're scoring at 121.3. Golly. <laughs> so, it's, I mean, the Wizards are putting up the points. They just can't stop anybody. And we saw that the last Wizards week are, with the pick game. 
Well, it's like the Wizards are playing everybody on their best day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they just can't stop anybody. Yeah. Too, too much youth. Basically, the Bucks and the Lakers, to answer your question, they look awesome. The Pacers well, look yeah. good. They look flat well, strong. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, you did say, Jeff, you're like, what, what team is just awesome dominate? I, I, think it's, I think it's Boston. I think that Boston is legit contender i think they are probably one of the best teams out there and i think that they uh they may make a run in the eastern, eastern conference to uh to went to go to the championship mm-hmm. I, I like boston i liked boston last year they kind of fizzled out but maybe they still got to get kemba back and boston's not yeah. even fully strong yet they're not no a- but that back but that backup point guard they got I man that kid can run the point he can shoot the threes like dude He's not scared, that Pritchard kid. He's not scared. And then, you know, when they had Gordon Hayward, he was hurt every year. So they would play with him for a little bit, and then he'd be out for a couple of weeks or a month or so, and then come back. And it's hard to build chemistry like that. I mean, you have it when you play with each other, but it's still hard to do that. If they're core guys, you know, uh, with um, are, are healthy – and they don't get hurt, man. They're going to be a hard team to beat, man. Mm-hmm. They are on a four-game winning streak right now. Mm-hmm. So I is like Charlotte. <laughs> I don't trust Charlotte, not yet. I don't know. I kind of like Charlotte, actually. I, 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 I agree. I don't really trust them that that well, but I, I think that they've got enough veterans with some younger guys on there to like have a nice mixture. You did say that you thought they were an overachiever. That's right. I do think they're overachieving for sure. It's good. We'll see if they can keep it up. I got another question for you. Who's had just a rough go at it? Just the worst time with this season so far, meaning they've had shit luck, and that's pretty much holding them back, meaning injuries, COVID, everything. Just this team just needs shit to fucking start going right for them or else they're just going to fizzle out into the abyss houston houston okay sorry that's it houston that's fine i mean you get yeah you get you sorry when you have james harden on there but then you don't know if the guy is going to play on your team a week before the season starts Mm -hmm. like and you don't know what's going on and he wants to be traded to this team or that team and it's publicly known so you bring in two other guys who basically aren't as healthy in their careers as they should have been and then you're going to bring them in and be like, yeah, we're going to kind of change the game up a little bit. No, Houston just completely shit the bed this year. Mine would be maybe Atlanta because they had so much hype going into the season and they just haven't produced. They're sitting at below 500. Or I would say, and I'm trying to look at this objectively, but Memphis, John and Jaron are supposed to be their best players, right? Who's supposed to be the Grizzlies' best three and four players? It's been a rough go for them. Their next yes. best players are Dylan Brooks. I guess I like Valanciunas, but ugh, Dylan, supposed to be like your third best player? It's not good. Brandon Clark has come along for them. He's starting to hit his stride. I like BC. But uh, can you think of any other teams? Uh, Bo, how about you? Yeah, the Timberwolves, Carl Towns, he dislocated his wrist. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, clearly that he's their best player. And, you know, you could even argue he's he's 
better than any player the Grizzlies have. And so he was out. So they've they've suffered. They're like their point differential this year is minus ten. They're three and seven. And I think the Kings too, mm. like the Marvin Bagley thing, like his dad tweeting out that he thinks he sh- he wants his son traded to Houston. You know, I feel like the but the Kings are kind of in perpetual purgatory, and the Wolves seem to be. But they, I feel like they could have been better this year, and it was a make or break year for Towns as as a leader for a team. And him, he he came back, but he was out against the Spurs last night. So I feel for the Wolves. Yeah. I don't look at Towns as a great player. He puts up stats, but I don't I don't think he does much more than getting some numbers. Yeah, yeah you I might you might be right on that. I wouldn't build my team around the guy. I would add him as a piece, but I wouldn't build around him. Yeah, he's like a um, power saw. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But I, I agree kind of what you said about the Grizzlies too. Like they 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 had so much hype coming in with, you know, Jaw winning rookie of the year. Jaron Jackson was supposed to kind of be a little bit at least kind of be back, I think. But and then everything else, like we we have a guy named Justice Winslow who Chandler Parsons seemed more playing time than this guy with the Grizz. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so we haven't even seen that guy. Jaw goes out, Jaron's not back. So you're like I was watching the game. We guess we're playing against the Lakers the other day and the Laker announcers were basically, I was watching that feed and the Laker announcers were basically like, Hey, you got to give it to Dylan Brooks. Cause Dylan Brooks is their main star. <laughs> like Shit. you're in trouble when Dylan Brooks is your main guy, you know, it's not good. <laughs> no, give it to Dylan, give it to Dylan. But I mean, at this point, like it's him or tuna melt, you're going to give it to, you know, and I might give it to Anthony Melton instead. How about one more? And then we're, and then we're going to do uh, kind of switch gears here a little bit. Who's been the most fun team in your eyes so far to watch of the few uh, games that we've probably seen? <laughs> I know. we have. I swear I haven't watched that much. I've really liked watching Phoenix with Chris Paul. That's my pick, that's too. Been, that's been really fun. That's been the most fun team for me to watch. I just feel like Chris Paul is like, Every team he's on is good. Uh, Markel Bridges. That's who I like watching. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's been fun. How about you, Laddie? You got one? Yeah, I got three. Phoenix is, Phoenix is one I really like to watch. I like them. and they're really good. And, then, of course, I like Boston. But, you know, I do like the youth of uh, the Hornets. Man, they were down the other day to the Pelicans. During the, it was the ball ball series, you know, mm-hmm. and they were down to the Pelicans by like 20 points or something. Next thing you know, man, these dudes are over there just pat the mellow balls, passing the ball, crazy stuff. They're hitting threes like it's going out of style, you know, and and each guy steps up nightly for them. So, you know, they kind of play kind of like uh, Phoenix, but uh, I, I basically out of those, I'd say Phoenix and uh, the Hornets are my favorite too. Okay. Watch. I like Chicago too. I've enjoyed watching them, but I haven't watched a whole lot of. I haven't watched enough games yet, but so far that's it. Let's see. Let's look at the league leaders real quick, and then we'll get into the pick game because I know we're running out of time a little bit here. A couple things I saw that was interesting: the three-point field goals, 
We all love threes, right? We've been conditioned to love threes. It's CJ, Steph, Paul George, Zach Levine, Tim Hardaway Jr. Top five. Rozier, Tatum are right there with Tim Hardaway Jr. thought that was interesting. Uh, offensive rebounds. We just watched a game with DeMontis Sabonis with Indiana. He's uh, number 14 in offensive rebounds, and we'll come back to that in a little bit here. Andre Drummond, leading offensive and defensive rebounding. 41 with offensive, 111 with defensive. There's some guys that are close to him, but he's definitely the best rebounder in the game right now. <laughs> uh, Zion's up there with rebounding. Sabonis is up there and on both sides of rebounding. Any surprises here? I don't really see many surprises. Uh, still pretty early for all this. Now, this is one that I thought was super interesting. There's a couple here. The leading assist man in the NBA right now is Nikola Jokic. And it's not even really close. It's Jokic, LeBron, Chris Paul, Westbrook, Harden. And Jokic has 111. LeBron has 85, and that's kind of where it starts to drop down. Uh, Jokic is aver averaging a damn triple-double. <laughs> right? The next one I thought that was super interesting was steals. Larry Nance out of Cleveland is leading the league in steals. He's a big man. He's got 26 steals so far. And the next guy is Drew Holiday at 21. And then at number, it looks like he's tied for fourth, is Andre Drummond from Cleveland. They got two bigs in the top ten in the league in steals. How's that for a little stat info? Mm. <laughs> hmm. And then we switch over to blocks. This is more defense. And this is why Cleveland is, I believe, number one in the league in defense. Andre Drummond, number six in blocks. I mean, he's rebounding. He's getting steals. He's getting blocks. Drummond is a very valuable piece right now. Miles Turner is leading the league in blocks at 37. Gobert's at 28 in second. So it's kind of a gap there. Miles Turner. I love watching that guy play. For yeah, Indiana, he's good. For Indiana. Uh, here's another interesting stat that involves Nikola Jokic. For Denver, he is tied for first place in turnovers with Zach Levine at 45. And then Andre Drummond is at seventh with 39 turnovers. Um, and then you just have a bunch of guards that are handling the ball a lot. Personal fouls. Guess who's not in first place? Dylan Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> it's Pat Bev at 42. Wendell Carter Jr. for Chicago has got 38. He does foul a lot. And it's I don't know if that's a youth thing or if he's really trying to put the D on the oppo opposition. Wow, Marcus Alls in 13th in fouls. Huh. League leader in points is Bradley Beal, followed by Zach Levine, Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, Braun. And I guess, you know, I don't want to go through them all. Rashawn Holmes for Sacramento is leading the league in field goal percentages. 694. Thomas Bryant from Washington was up there at 648. He's fifth in the league. Steph is leading the league in three-point percentages. 
RJ Barrett for the Knicks, first in minutes per game. Julius Randle for the Knicks, second in the league for minutes played. <laughs> he's got his big and he's got his guard, and he's just playing the shit out of them. Mm, Indiana's got a couple guys in the top five in minutes played, minutes per game. Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon. Points per game, Bradley Beal, 35 points per game. Steph Curry right behind him at 28. Player efficiency rating. Want to take a stab on who's the most efficient player in the league right now? Mm. Um, <laughs> mm. Bo, you there? Yeah, I'm trying to think. <laughs> most efficient player in the league? It's not Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, you're not going to get it. You're not thinking. You're not thinking. You're, you know who it is. Oh, Brandon Clark. It's Nikola Jokic. But I thought he had all these turnovers. Yeah, it doesn't matter, apparently, when you're averaging a triple-double. Well, I wasn't going to get it because you told me he's, like, leading the league in turnovers. So I was like, well, he's not the most efficient player. The second most efficient player is Chris Buckner from Toronto. (laughs) And then third is Giannis, and it's Embiid. Vucevic is up there. I'm not going to go through them all. That, those are the ones. Those are the NBA league leaders that stood out to me that were interesting. Oh, hey, Alabama just won the uh, national college f- football championship. <laughs> yeah, they destroyed them. Yeah, fuck them. Yay, Bama! Roll Tide. We. Anybody else got anything on the league evaluation to this point? No. Nope. No. I mean, there's plenty to talk about, but we've covered a lot. Yeah, we did pretty good. I feel like that was fun. I enjoyed doing that. Yeah. Let's take a look at the pick game of the week. It was Indiana Pacers versus the Phoenix Suns. It was the Indianapolis Colts and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. All right. Well, I didn't. That's not the game that I watched. <laughs> uh Indiana was favored by three. Both teams were at six wins. Phoenix had three losses. Indy had two losses. I couldn't decide which feed to watch, the Indy feed or the Phoenix feed, because it wasn't on national television. We had to watch the league pass. I settled on the Indy feed because they were talking more about matchups and seemed more analytical. The last time we did a Phoenix pick game, I watched their feed, so I was like, I will watch Indiana. Uh, This game should have been on TV. It was super fast, a lot of scoring. It was a fun game to watch. I enjoyed it thoroughly. First of all, did you guys watch the game? I I wasn't able to. I had to work. You had one job this week. Yeah. (laughs) That's all right. It was a late-in-the-week game. It was Saturday, so I, I can see how that would happen. You only had a couple days. Yeah, I didn't get to work till. Yeah, I didn't get out. I didn't get to work till late. I had to finish watching it this morning, uh, Bo. I think you did too. I watched it. Yeah. All right. Well, Letty, uh, uh, why don't you pull up the box scores or something, and maybe you can kind of look at it that from that angle for us. Help okay. Us, help us out with that. Okay. So, Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, here's a player I don't. Re- I guess I don't really pay enough attention to him. 
but he came out super aggressive from the start. He's 28 years old, 6'5". I guess he's kind of like a combo guard. Uh, he wears number seven out there. You can find him. He's the former 2017 Rookie of the Year. He was a second-round draft pick in 2016, 36th overall after four years of college at Virginia. I don't know why, but I just never paid close attention to this guy. I know he's good, but um, whether it's because he's in Indiana or I've never really focused on him, but I watched a lot of him in this game. Uh, he kind of looks like a cross between like a Kevin Martin, Clay Thompson, Courtney Lee combination. Does that make sense? Yeah. He's a good shooter, and uh, apparently he can pass. He's just a competitive gamer. He seems super competitive out there, and Devin Booker was all over him. That was a good matchup. Through eight games, Brogdon is averaging 23.6 games, seven assists, four rebounds, three threes a game, and two steals. Those are not numbers to balk at. Those are big-time player numbers. Like I said, Booker was all over him from the get-go. Like he, his job was to shut Brogdon down, it seemed. It was 30-32 to 32 Indiana after the first quarter. This game was back and forth. It had nine league changes and five ties in the first quarter. Both teams shooting well. Brogdon kind of had a slow start, but he was out there hustling. He was trying to make it happen. In the second quarter, we finally got to see Sabonis versus Dario. It was like good versus evil. I could hardly watch anything else while this was going on in the game. <laughs> that was the matchup I wanted to see. Dario versus Sabonis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It just seemed like a lot of fun to me. Both of those guys. Hey, uh, it's a European thing. Uh. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Dario's just, I don't know, he's goofy. The way he moves around on the court. The way he runs, he takes all these threes. They never go in. He's like the guy, like in a video game, Dario is that you you purposely play with him, like yeah. a thousand hours or whatever. And then I come over to your house and you just put Dario in, and you just absolutely fucking destroy me with Dario. You know all. His I'm like, spots. okay, I'm like Jeff. How is Dario twelve for twelve and has fifty seven assists? And 69 rebounds or whatever. I'm going to kill you with the worst guy. I'm going <laughs> to, he's got all these different skill sets and I'm just going to exploit you with him because I know exactly how to use them. Yeah, you're exactly <laughs> right. Dario would definitely get like a fucking triple double on 2K or whatever if, I, if we played each other. Yeah, you would, I'm like, why do you dribble? Why am I, why can I not steal the ball from him? And why does he barely get it across, across half court? And why do you put him to one spot and I can't do anything about it? And then you just kill me from that one spot every single time. <laughs> every play goes through Dario. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, look. You're getting, you're getting us off topic here. Nah. Look, for Phoenix, listen. For Phoenix, <laughs> Mikel Bridges continues to be my favorite Suns player. In the first down. quarter, he was, like, ridiculous. Dude, he finished the game with 34 points. Bridges just hitting threes, stroking it all game. Man, it helps when you have Booker off ball and mm -hmm. the point guard mm -hmm. running things. It's it's amazing. Between Javon Carter and Chris Paul and and usually Cameron Payne, but he's been out. 
I like Javon Carter and Chris Paul on the court together. It's crazy. Like Javon Javon Carter was like shooting twenty one percent from three. Let me look. It's like he's. Let me look real quick on Basketball Reference. But you can like Chris Paul's so good that you can put Javon Carter out there with him. And Javon Carter shot fifty seven percent, four of seven in this game, two of five from downtown. <laughs> he's shooting twenty five percent from three this year, Javon Carter. Three threes, five fouls, ten points. <laughs> One assist. Javon Carter's just out there doing the dirty work. He picks guys up full court. It's co- it's almost comical at, point, at some points in the game. Like <laughs> he'll be picking up like Aaron Holiday or something. <laughs> Pick him up full court for no reason out of nowhere. <laughs> just making this guy's night a living hell. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's what I like about him. Yeah, yeah. he's good like that. Yeah, we like that, and it doesn't hurt that he was a. Former Grizzly. Chris Wallace Grizzly from West Virginia. Uh-huh. The best kind. And the Grizzlies got melting for him. Mm-hmm. D'Anthony. And uh, the guy, Josh Jackson, who's not here anymore. For Indy, I feel like it's their starting front court. Demonis, Sabonis, and Miles Turner. Sabonis is still just 24 years old. And, you know, he was the son of our Venus Sabonis. His dad played, I think, like seven years in the NBA, but he didn't even come to the NBA till he was 30 in the mid-'90s. But Sabonis and uh, Turner, that's a great front court. I really like watching them play. Uh, Sabonis cleans up all these offensive rebounds. He gets a lot of rebounds, period. And then Miles Turner, he's really turning into a better player. He's seeing the court better than he ever has. He's a hustler. I love Miles Turner. Two really yeah, good, good. Two really good front court players. And once when Brockton gets it going, and now that they got Oladipo, uh, Indy's got a team. They got some players. In the third quarter, we saw Victor Oladipo with the big drive and slam. That was, that was awesome. Yeah, we hadn't seen that in a long time, right? Like Oladipo's been in and out of injury reports. He put Mikel Bridges on a poster. That was fun. That was cool to see. He looks like he's getting his game back. He's getting his legs back. Uh, moving on to the third quarter. Now, Bo, do you have anything to add at this point? About the game, let me see. I have a note that says DeAndre Ayton, like he just like running the court, and he just looks a part of an awesome center, but, man, he just can't. Mm-hmm. he just can't figure it out for whatever reason. It's like he's just tall. I I don't know. And then I did. Yeah, you know, I watched the first half. I watched the whole game, but I did like. I felt like I didn't even notice Devin Booker in the first half. Yeah, he wasn't doing a lot on offense. They were leaving it kind of up to Mikel Bridges. Yeah, and he was he was hustling a lot on defense. Maybe he was a little winded. I don't know. Yeah, with I mean, and then you. You've got Chris Paul out there, too, taking plenty of shots. How many shots did Chris Paul take? He's got 10 shots, and Devin Booker had 19. He ended up with 25, Booker. But I know what you mean. Like, you didn't, we just weren't really seeing him. I got that, too. I was dishing that rock, dude. He had 10 assists that game. Yeah, so come third quarter, Sabonis is out there. He's just rolling. At one point in the third quarter, he had 24 points and 18 rebounds in the third quarter. 
Phoenix had to get Aiton back in the game earlier than I think they wanted to just to kind of control Sabonis out there uh, to try to contain him. Doug McDermott, number 20 for Indy. He's been in the league for a while, kind of a low-key player, kind of a hidden shooter, but he seems super efficient on offense for Indiana in this game. He gets in the lane, or he can shoot from outside. Seems like a really good role player for them off the bench. During the game, the announcers kept referencing that Indy was going to let fans start coming to games. I think they were going to sell like a 1,000 tickets. Yeah, I saw that. That's interesting. That's kind of a smaller market. I think that's about to start happening for a lot of teams around the league. Tickets are going to be sold. I think the Grizzlies, I saw something where they're doing some trial fans. They had like 60 in there. Not tonight, but the last game. I don't know what they did tonight. I, I didn't watch it. After three quarters, Phoenix was up 90 to 87. Uh, near the beginning of the fourth, both teams went really small. I think Dario was like the biggest dude out there. And he's 6'10, but he's no center. He's more of a three than anything, honestly. That lasted about two minutes of game time. Indy had to get some of their starters back in the game because they were playing five reserve players and they were going against Chris Paul, Booker, and Bridges. So that uh, was kind of fun to watch. They had a couple really young guys in there for a minute. Just getting a taste. But I guess Coach uh, Bjorkren was probably trying to get some energy out there. I don't know. There was definitely some lineup chess being played between Nate Bjorkren and Monty Williams of Phoenix. There were about five minutes left in the game. Phoenix was up 13, 111-98. I said that Devin Booker did a great job defending Malcolm Brogdon, but he still managed to have a pretty darn good game. Brogdon was hitting shots towards the end of the game. They were kind of garbage shots, but they were going in. They got it a little closer than it probably could have been if he wasn't making those shots. At the end of the day, it looked like Phoenix just kind of played harder. I think they were upset about blowing a game against Detroit the night before. They kind of took it out on Indiana. And then Phoenix tonight just gets blown away by Washington. I can't explain that. Bo, what am I missing? You said you watched the game. What you got? I think you nailed it. Like the Pacers came out like a house of fire in the third quarter, mm-hmm. and the Suns just kind of pulled away in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Booker looked really good. Then your boy Bridges, man. If if Aiton figured it out, the Suns would be the the Seventy Sixers West. Mm. Yeah, they got all the pieces. I mean, it's a complete team. Crowder. For Phoenix, he was certainly chucking him, but I mean that's just kind of his role is to stretch out the defense and at least make the guy somewhat contest Crowder getting an open three, basically. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna stretch the defense like like Bridges has been doing, but his defense and his uh, you know, just kind of overall aggressiveness and this is not my original idea. I don't remember where I heard this. It was probably on Zach Lowe's podcast, but you have a guy like Crowder, and it was not in reference to Crowder, but I will use this point. 
a guy like Crowder with no fans in the arena, you you want a guy like that on your team because he will boost the collective of of your team. The energy. You know, he's he's I'm not gonna say he's a cheerleader, but like yeah, he's he's an energy guy. Like mm-hmm. with no fans, he he's not like Crowder fucking tweets with all caps all the time. It's like the most <laughs> it's like the absolutely most absolute most ridiculous thing in the entire world. Like Jay, you you can you can lay off the caps, brother. And you know but, who else used to do that? Uh, Stromile, Stromile Swift. Yeah, but <laughs> he writes I feel like caps. I guess Stro does. Huh? <laughs> Stro wants to bring it, but he's no Jay. If you could put Jay's intensity Ooh. into Stromile, wow. Yeah, you got a player for sure. Yeah, Stro was always kind of quiet, reserved. He wasn't uh, big on showmanship or anything. He's a freak athlete, but you're right. Like Jay's mental and Stroh's body type. And, Ooh, and maybe, I mean, I think, I think I give a lot of the credit to Phoenix's success to Chris Paul, mm-hmm. but it's no coincidence that Jay Crowder's on that team and that they're fun and two great additions. Yeah. Solid pickups. Definitely. Hey, I put money. The other night, earlier this week, I'd been drinking a little bit. I put some money on Phoenix to win it all. Got some good <laughs> odds too. Goddammit! I will shoot your. I will shoot you down with my Los Angeles Lakers vaccine conspiracy theory. <laughs> well, I got money on the Lakers too. It's hedged. Everything's hedged with the Lakers winning it all. Stat wise. Sabonis, 28.7 offensive rebounds, 15 defensive rebounds, 22 total. That is a huge monster line, 28 and 22. 50% from the field. He didn't hit any threes, but normally you can add threes in there too. 41 minutes. This guy, Sabonis, he's only 24. Look out. Look out, world. Mikel Bridges had his first 30-plus point game of his career. What did he end up with? 34. Shot 66% from the field. Six of eight from three. That's 75%. Not bad. (laughs) What a game. What a gamer. This guy. And he'll have like six points. I think the last game he had like six points or something. This was a revenge game for Phoenix. I don't know what the hell happened tonight against Washington. I'm still pissed about it, but <laughs> what else stands out on the box score? Anything? I mean, I have a, I have a much better appreciation for Malcolm Brogdon after this game than I did coming into it. And that's what I like these pick games for, because it's always something that I'm overlooking or I'm not paying attention to that I see in these games. And Brogdon was definitely that. And and I didn't realize how strong Sabonis had gotten on the boards this season. He's so good. And he's, I mean, he's getting four or five, six assists a game, too. He's an all-around player. I know, he seems like I, I watch him, and I'm, I kind of think of Marcus on. I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of wish we had Sabonis sometimes in Memphis. Would Okay, I'll ask you this. He's just so rather- solid. What Sabonis or Carl Anthony Towns? Sabonis, no question, all day. I think he helps win games. Well, he doesn't have that number one pick 
I think he's just a really good guy to have around. And you don't hear about him being a bonehead. There's no question on whether or not this guy wants to win. It's a bonus. There's no, nobody's questioning his heart. Uh, you just don't hear anybody bad-mouthing him. Like you hear everybody, a lot of people bad-mouth Cat. Sabonis, you never hear any. You never hear one bad word around, about him. It's like an ultimate professional. He's still only twenty-four. Wow. Anything else stand out, uh, Laddie? I'm sure you've been perusing the box score. Anything stand out to you over there? Yeah, I mean this this uh, Malcolm Brogdon dude. You know he's doing pretty well out there. Anything that we missed? I mean, no, not really. He's, Are you yawning uh, right Pacers, now? Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> Um, the Pacers have a uh, Pacers just have a strong team. They're just kind of deep all the way around, you know. Here's, I think. Yeah, here's one that uh, I saw. Phoenix only had two turnovers in a whole game. That's big. If you the if if the other team can't score off your turnovers, that's a huge swing in the game. Typically, uh, Phoenix is just holding yeah. on to the ball, not turning it over. And uh, the other thing I noticed is that uh, Andy gets fucking offensive rebounds. It's, it's it was Sabonis. It was it's it's Miles Turner. They're big men. Offensive rebounding may be kind of a lost art in the NBA right now. Everybody goes back to get on defense. Not in Indiana. Right. Sabonis, who gets the putbacks? He gets a lot of his points that way with putbacks. He gets he just hangs on. He's he reads the ball off the rim. Well, that's what I saw. That's what I took away from it. Anything else, fellas? Mm-hmm. Phoenix won. Did I say that already? 125 to no. 117. <laughs> Phoenix won. I thought uh, Indy had a shot in this one, but that's a, that would be a tough game to try to bet on, I think. Indy was favored. Phoenix won. Tough game to bet on. Did you guys watch any other games this week? Grizz and a Timberwolves game, yeah. All right. Any takeaways? Timberwolves have lost seven in a row prior to the Spurs game last night. They beat the Spurs. As far as Grizz, I think the Grizz are who they are. They're missing their best players, and they're well-coached. And they're just trying to get some experience with some of their kind of off-rotation guys and see who they are. And I kind of want to see what Taylor Jenkins is going to do and how he I, – I, I must admit, I like watching Kyle Anderson play basketball. Mm-hmm. I, I do like the way he plays, that he's a big dude that can handle the ball and pass, and they run things through him, and they run out of bounds plays with him throwing the ball out. I actually like seeing him with a high usage. So it's actually been fun. And I, I don't have any notes. I was looking at my notes and I was like, why don't I have I fucking watched two games? I don't have notes, but it's just more of like familiarity and during kind of a shitty time, like I can just kind of sit and just let Pete and Brevin tell me what's going on. With the Grizz. I mean, we don't have to do Grizzly stuff every week, and that's kind of the way I looked at it. I was like, well, we're going to do this other segment, so I didn't really make a big to-do yeah. about the Grizzlies this week. And I don't think we, sh- I don't think we should. Yeah, we don't I have think to it's do fun. that every week. 
Bradley Beal's big night in Washington. He had 60 and a loss to Philly. Yeah. Obviously, defense remains the problem for Washington. But that was cool. I mean, good for Bradley Beal. That's big time, man. That's big time. It's leading the league in scoring. Somebody may have lit a fire under Toronto's ass. We were kind of talking about Toronto earlier in the show. They were one in six, and then they beat Sacramento 144 to 123. Now, hang with me for a second here. Sacramento beat Chicago earlier this week. The night after Chicago beat Portland, and then Toronto beat Sacramento by a large margin. A large marge or a large margin? I said a large margin. That sounds like a large marge to me. <laughs> uh, t- Toronto might be getting rolling. I think they're on their way. I think they're going to turn it around. Uh, I got to see it to believe it right now, though. Let's see. And then Chicago almost beat the Lakers. I like Chicago. And then Portland beat Sacramento on Saturday. This all leaves me to thinking Toronto could be on their way to winning some games because Chicago's good. Portland's great. All of this has Toronto pointing upwards. (laughs) Portland is great, though. I I watched a bunch of Portland this week. Uh, It's probably the best team Damian Lillard's had in Portland. I believe that. But watch out for Toronto. Uh, There's a few games, a few teams that I'm gambling on this week, and Toronto's one of them. I think they're going to win some games. I thought Portland was one. Did they lose tonight? Portland beat them. Who? Portland beat Toronto. Portland beat Toronto. All right. What happened with the other game uh, that was on late tonight? So Portland beat Toronto, 76ers, Hawks. What game? The Pacers, Kings? Kings, yeah. Pacers, Kings. Kings beat the Pacers 127-122. You got to be kidding me. No. Sacramento beat the Pacers. I can't make any sense of this shit, man. God. Damn it. Portland pulled out that win, and then Indiana lost to the Sacramento can't-be-trusted Kings. All right, fine. Fine. I'm fine. Everything's cool. I got, yeah, not going to freak out, man. Everything's fine. I mean, all it takes is one sure thing to go sideways and just ruin the whole night. Mm-hmm. So why didn't you bet on Alabama? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I was betting on the late NBA games to try to get that Ohio State money back. Fucking ridiculous. Hey, let's pick our pick game for next week, and I'll let you guys go, and I'll do gambling on my own. <laughs> gambling on my own. That sounds like a theme. That's uh, Gambling on my own. That's the name of an old Western song that I have yet well, to we, write. We can't watch the Celtics Bulls tomorrow. Celtics Bulls are out. Minnesota, what? Memphis on Wednesday. If I had to guess, Laddie would pick the Lakers Rockets tomorrow night. Just kidding, Laddie. Yeah. Maybe not. No, no, no. I mean, I want to see. The, I don't know. I mean, the, the, it depends on who's playing for the Rockets. We've got but. COVID issues everywhere on this schedule. Hey, we're not. You said we weren't talking about that. That was for the other segment. This is a <laughs> pick game. Kidding. Week four, but pick we, game. We, we, we got the bottom of the barrel, the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. In Minnesota. Wednesday. 
I'm gonna go to that. I'm gonna go to that game and, and protest that I can't go inside. I think you should light yourself on fire. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Laddie. What game do you want to watch? Uh, you know, I can probably watch the uh, the Houston play. Yeah, we're not. I, I mean, I really haven't. If we're gonna pick a Houston game, it's gonna be Houston Spurs. That's on Thursday. So let's put a mm-hmm. couple stars by that one. Come back to it. The other ones that I, I liked. I, I liked. got one for you, Jeff. The what? Nuggets Warriors. Nuggets Warriors? When's that? No, that's Thursday. It's a late game Thursday. Nuggets Warriors. I wrote it down. Let's put a couple stars there. Is that a three-star Ooh, game? There's another game that night. The Pacers Blazers. That'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that one. Um, I wrote that one down. I don't know if I want to watch another Pacers game that quick. But that is a good game. No, I know. Yeah. There's on Friday the Magic and the Celtics are playing. That may be a good game. If that even happens. COVID. Yeah, it's true. Tatum won't even be back. Clippers, Kings are on Friday. Chicago, Dallas is on Sunday. Hey, we got the Pacers, Suns on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, I didn't write that that one down. (laughs) So we just did it. (laughs) <laughs> it's a joke I know it's a joke <laughs> you know the Jazz and the Nuggets are playing on Sunday that's pretty good Jazz Nugs Sunday I wrote I, that one I, down I like the Warriors Nugs because I want to see I want to see Steph go against that uh, Jamal Murray cat I want to see Jokic just rip Draymond apart hmm. interesting you would take Denver in that game yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna bet against the Warriors all year. <laughs> See, I also have Sunday. There's New Orleans, Sacramento. I don't know if doing a game that late in the week is very good for us. It is and it isn't. I think it's a good thing because it's kind of fresh. It's fresh. Right? Yeah, I agree there. But as far as getting us all able time, ample time to listen and watch, that's tough. Utah, Denver on Sunday. Or Golden State, Denver on Thursday. Pick it, boss. I'm going with Thursday. Warriors, Denver. All right. Any objections? Nope. No, it'll be fun. I think that'll be fun. It might actually be on TV. Who knows? We're going to watch it, though, and come back with a full report on James Wiseman. I like it. (laughs) How does he look against a... The best center in the league, arguably, in Jokic. All right. You guys want to go or do you want to stay with me? Yeah. I got uh, go to run. Yeah, bye. Go. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Coming All right, Jeff. On. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. I had a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Talk, talk to you, man. All right, later. Moving on. Let's talk about the Wednesday NBA parlay. Posted it on social media. It was everywhere. The whole parlay was underdogs. And damn, we were close. We had Chicago plus seven and a half against Sacramento. Chicago only lost by four. Count it. That's a win. Boston plus three and a half at Miami. Boston won by two. That's a win. Knicks plus seven and a half versus Utah. The Knicks won by 12. That's a win. 
Washington plus six and a half at Philly. Philly only won by five. That's a win. The last game of the parlay, which was actually the first game of the night, was Houston plus two and a half at Indiana. Indiana won by seven. That's a loss. We got four out of five right. So close. Now, what I've started doing with these parlays, since we have been getting so close over and over and over, I started betting the parlay and then betting the games straight up too. So I make the parlay bet, I enter it in, and then there's a button I can click that says leave games in the bet slip. So I go ahead and click that, then all the bets are still in the bet slip, and then I switch over from the parlay to straight up section and then bet like whatever. It could be 10 bucks a game. Whatever I bet on the parlay, I typically play on bet that on each game straight up. So then I, if I get four out of five right, I'm going to win money. I'm hedging that parlay bet. Should come out on top every single time. The money's been rolling in with this strategy because it's not all or nothing with just a parlay. If I can get, I mean, every week, it's the same thing where we're just missing by one. So if I take all those games straight up and I do the parlay, we're, we're making money. It's coming in. I've been trying to bet with purpose. It's important. It, every week it can't just be all underdog picks. But, yeah, sometimes it's good to take risk like that, and it's fun. I mean, that's what gambling is really supposed to be. It's entertainment. That's the best part. Winning money is also fun. So, yeah, you got to risk a little bit more when you do all the games straight up and you parlay them. But in my experience, it's worked out quite well. Now on to the NFL. This did not go so well. It was wild card week. Somehow the Rams, who lost to the terrible New York Jets, Somehow they beat Seattle. That's a loss. And Pittsburgh lost to Cleveland. Come on. Pittsburgh, you're so over. I'm so done with you. Thank God you're knocked out. I'm happy Pittsburgh lost. You know, it, it's that whole thing. They started out the season so well, winning, doing such a great job. And then they fell off at the end of the season. You got you to gotta be winning going into the end of the season, not losing you know, it's almost better to start out the season with some adversity and not be winning and then fight your way back in and come back, much like teams like Buffalo have done, where you're hitting all strides going into the playoffs. Buffalo won their close game against Indy. We picked Buffalo. These are the ones we won. Tampa Bay beat Washington. Come on. New Orleans beat Chicago. was never even a contest. But we lost on the Seattle and Pittsburgh. But say you have $10 on that parlay, and then you bet each team straight up. You got three out of five. You're a winner. If anything, you just kind of broke even uh, after the parlay bet. Look, these weren't great picks this week. I'm not proud of it. I think we can bounce back next week, though, with the NFL. Next week, we've got Green Bay. These are just going to be money line bets. I'm not messing with the points in the playoffs. 
Green Bay to win against the Rams. I know the Rams played well against Seattle, but Green Bay has got the potential MVP in Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay has done this time and time again. Uh, I trust them more than I do the Rams. Buffalo to beat Baltimore. I'm going to ride this Buffalo thing. I mean, I'm never going to pick them to lose, probably. Yeah. Nah, I'm not going to pick Buffalo to lose this one. Not against Baltimore. Not yet. Buffalo stays in. Buffalo wins. Kansas City, I'm taking them to beat Cleveland. Come on. And then New Orleans. I'm. This is the tough one, the New Orleans-Tampa Bay game. I'm going New Orleans. I think this is going to be a great game. But I think at the end of the day, New Orleans is going to come out the winner. And I'm willing to bet on it. In the NBA for this week, there's a lot of games Wednesday. There's a lot of games Friday. I'll probably be making some kind of parlay somewhere in there. Look for it on social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. I don't know yet. COVID's making it harder to make picks. I don't want to bet on any games that have like COVID implications. I really don't want to. It's just too too questionable. It's too much craziness there, I guess. There's too many players out. It's really hard when there's that many different variables. Like, uh, what is who's the coach going to play? How many minutes is everybody going to play? It's just too difficult. So I'm going to try to stay away from COVID games with players out. And that pretty much does it for the gambling this week. Hey, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Bo and Laddie, for coming on again. Appreciate y'all. Couldn't do it without you. Well, I could, but it wouldn't be much fun. Everybody be safe. Watch out for each other. Good night from Memphis. You don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers.
it came up great and ran.